Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so join me in the fun sign up now at chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary VGW. void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus with lucky landslots you can get lucky just about anywhere dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello and welcome to Across the Pond Sports Podcast, part of the Across the Pond Sports Network. Um, yes, we are now a network. Um, you're also going to see some new logos coming out. The Across the Pond NHL Podcast. Um, had some new logos for their show this week that went out. So if you're into the NHL, do follow that podcast. Um, as far as we're going on social media, do follow us on Instagram and on Facebook, Across the Pond Sports Network, and on Twitter at ATP Sports Pod, um, on Clubhouse as well at ATP Sports. Um, so yeah, we're, we're all over. And if anyone needs any hookups with uh, Clubhouse, um, it is invite only on Apple, so give us a shout. We can help you out there. And obviously, if you need help with Clubhouse, once you get on there, um, you can get in touch with Katie, um, who is a wealth of knowledge when it comes to Clubhouse. Um, For now, though, we have um, Bryson Carver coming up uh, on our NBA show with Ryan Doherty. uh, Bryson is from Carling It Up podcast. Um, when this goes out, he'll probably have a show in the works and um, going live um, on YouTube and on Facebook. We'll send out some links on that through our social media. Um, but other than that, um, enjoy the show. Um, it's a good show um, with someone who definitely knows what they're talking about. And uh, there's some hot opinions um, in this one. So uh, do enjoy that. And if you have any questions at all, do get us on social media. Um, we had a couple of questions come in um, last week that we were able to ask our guests. So if you have any kind of questions moving forward, um, please do let us know. Other than that, enjoy the show.
Okay, so we are back um, for another NBA edition. Uh, Ryan Doherty is here as always. Um, you'll see some new logos going out on our social media. Um, Ryan holding the basketball, me with my Spider Mitchell um, shoes and sort of jersey. I've had it kind of modified to, to suit me. Um, we have a very <laughs> special... Yeah, very funny. I, I knew you were going to laugh. Um, we have a very special guest. Uh, Bryson Carver is here from Carving It Up. And Bryson has got his own show on YouTube. Um, I've been watching a couple of episodes this week. Um, and that's Carving It Up. It's live weekdays um, at 6 p.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Uh, Pacific um, on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, that must be quite difficult. Um, I mean, we do this, obviously, we're on camera on Zoom, um, but I've only really done one show live, uh, and it was about hair raising because um, the, the technology wasn't really working that great and stuff. But that must be pretty, pretty outrageous for, for you to just kind of go on and just go live um, in such a good way because I don't think I could do it. It must be fun for you, though. It's very fun. First of all, thank you guys for having me on the show. I really appreciate it. But, uh, no, I actually, a fellow podcaster of mine, I'll give him a shout-out, uh, Ryan Flowers from Clutch Sports Talk. Uh, he kind of introduced me to this whole live concept, and I've noticed it kind of grows your brand a little bit. It, it puts you out there so people can not just listen to you but almost interact with you in a way. And that's what I love especially about – you know, particularly with Facebook and with YouTube, uh, the ability for the audience to kind of interact with you. And, you know, you say something, it's almost like a radio show, like somebody's calling into the show and, you know, kind of the interaction back and forth. I feel like that's, that's much better for the audience. I think it grows your show more. And so uh, I was a little nervous the first show I did about a month ago, but once you kind of get the hang of it, you know, the, the graphics and everything, it's, it's, it's a fun show and I enjoy doing it. And what kind of sports is it that you're covering? It seems to be kind of quite wide ranging. Yeah, it is. I love the NFL and the NBA. Those are my two big ones. Uh, I do cover Major League Baseball and college football, college basketball sprinkled in there a little bit as well. Um, and just really anything, you know, I, I talked about Serena and Naomi Osaka, uh, who went head to head last week, talked about that a little bit. Uh, so really any of the, the biggest news in the world of sports, I, I'm, I'm right here to discuss. Awesome. And do you have, um, as well as obviously having some interaction with fans and stuff, do you have guests on and, and um well, special guests like we have you today. Uh, I appreciate that. No, I, I haven't had any special guests on yet. I have had some guests, uh, some fellow podcasters, uh, you know, such a guy and a girl talk sports. They're great. You should check them out. Um, also, Barry Grant Jr. from the All Even Podcast. He's a great dude. So try and do, with this new live format, up the guests a little bit more as, as we go throughout the year. So um, I haven't had that many yet, but hopefully in the future, I should be able to, to get some more and hopefully enhance the show that much, uh, that much better. Well, Ryan um, will we'll attest to this. Um, I was off doing the NFL shows with Katie, um, our co-host um, who does the NFL with me. And uh, Ryan was left all on his lonesome uh, to, do, to do the NBA himself. So every week we, we made sure we had a guest for him. Um, how was that for you, Ryan? Because we, we've never really spoke about it. Yeah, it, was, it was interesting. Um, it was quite strange, um, kind of trying to get to know them in a very short period of time and um, without actually doing much research on them because obviously you were doing all of the kind of the legwork uh, and I was just kind of putting together our program and you know having a wee chat with them so it was it was mixed some mixed results I'd say you know in terms of um, how both our kind of characters kind of meshed or didn't mesh so it was 
it's good to be back <laughs> with uh, with a partner again. Oh, good. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I think that the best one that I heard was, uh, I, I don't know if you know of um, Gabby um, from Boston Ballers, Bryson. Um, but if you ever want a, a guest that is just 100% on everything, um, I very much uh, get, get in touch with her. Um, she is absolutely yeah. awesome. Um, Ryan, you would say she was, she was pretty good on the show that you did with her, wasn't she? Yeah, she was. She was a real good laugh. Um, she's very, very passionate about her kind of her whole kind of Boston area as well. So it was really good to get her kind of insight on what was going on and how how she felt about the whole kind of season after they had such a you know a bad exit from the playoffs last season. So that was it was really good to to have on the show. I'd love to be on that show just to talk about how what a bad exit they'd had in the playoffs. <laughs> um, so uh, Bryce, sorry, 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 but. James, yeah. did they did they lose a three one lead? <laughs> they probably did. Um, <laughs> no, the Celtics lost in six games to Miami. If if you're referring yeah. to the Celtics, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, no, no, he, he's referring he's, re, he's referring to the Utah Jazz. Um, <laughs> oh, dang! Oh, that, yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, yeah, thanks for that. Um, so, Bryson, um, we know what you cover. We know where to find you. Um, but wh- who are the teams that you follow? Uh, as far as who I'm a fan of, it's, it's weird. Geographically speaking, I'm all over the place. Uh, as you can see right here through the Zoom meeting, I'm wearing a Red Sox uh, a sweatshirt. I'm a huge Red Sox fan. Then in the NBA, I go all the way across to the Bay Area. I'm a huge Golden State Warriors fan. I've loved the Warriors for a long time. Um, that's why you brought up Baron Davis earlier. I love Baron Davis. Um, it, it's, I'm a Tennessee Vols fan, which football-wise, it's not exactly the most uh, – not exactly proud to say that, but, you know, the basketball program's great. And then the NFL, I'm kind of on the market right now because uh, I've, I've really only followed one guy uh, for the last four or five years, and that's Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys. Um, I, you know, we'll, we'll see where he ends up. But uh, geographically speaking, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the country, man. I mean, I, I, I just – I love sports. Um, I, I love what, you know – what, what I love about sports is it's kind of a microcosm of life you don't know what's going to happen next. Um, you know, the, the thing you think is going to happen usually d- in the end does not happen. Um, and so, yeah, I think with the Red Sox and the extensive history they have, um, you know, they had the curse for a long time, but in the last, you know, 15 years or so, four world series. And of course we know the Warriors went 40 years without a title and then went on to win three titles in five years. So it, it just goes to show you that you don't know what's going to happen any given moment in time. So that that's what I, I love sports. And those are really why I follow some of those teams. Yeah, so I'm I'm kind of more of a West Coast boy. Um, so I'm a Cowboys fan. Um, have been yeah. since like the the nineties, uh, back when you had Troy Aikman and Emmett Smith. Yeah. Um, shows shows my age a little. Um, and then yeah, Utah Jazz because I have family and friends in in Utah. And when I was younger, I got to see the the Dream Team. Um, in 92 um, on TV um, and the, it was the gold medal game and I seen this scrawny little white guy um, who I would then learn was John Stockton um, and learned that he did play for the Utah Jazz and I was like well that kind of cements the team that I'm going to follow then because my family will support the Jazz and he looks like me. Um, he doesn't obviously look like me, but um, at the time when you're a kid, that's what you think. Um, and then um, for baseball, yeah, I'm, I'm Oakland A's. Um, and that's just because that's the, the first game my dad took me to. Um, and I've seen Moneyball, and I've seen how you tried to steal Billy Bean from us. So uh, 
Nay luck, you never go. Um, <laughs> Ryan, you don't really support an NBA team. You really just follow players, don't you? Yeah, more kind of mercenary, really. Um, I, I do have, I do have um, several favorite players. I mean, um, I kind of really got into ba- uh, basketball uh, back way, way before like NBA Jam and stuff like that. And the kind of teams that I'd be kind of following around would be like Orlando and. Um, but the Utah Jazz when Stockton and Malone and stuff were there. Um, and then when LeBron was coming into the league, uh, I just kind of pinned my tail to him, basically, and just kind of followed him wherever he goes. Um, so, yeah, um, big LeBron fan, massive Luka fan as well. And Jimmy Butler's just, you know, I've always liked Jimmy Butler since he got, got into the league. So uh, I'll follow him wherever he goes as well. So, Bryson, we, we call, we have a name for what Ryan is um, in the UK. I don't know if it's the same in the US. I've not heard it used before. It's called Glory Hunter. You basically pick the best player. You follow him around. You win some championships and you can celebrate. Um, <laughs> so, I've never sorry, heard that term, but that's, that's, that's pretty cool. That, that sounds, you know, I don't, I don't ever fault people. You know, if, if you choose one guy, like at the beginning of his career, like if Ryan, if you chose LeBron around 03, 04, you know, there was a lot of hype around him, but nobody knew that he was going to turn into arguably the, the first or second greatest basketball player of all time. If second. you hit your wagon to him like right when he's entering his prime, that's kind of a whole different dynamic. That's you know, the, the, you see, know. see, now I've I've got I've got a LeBron high school top that I got oh, okay. before he got okay. into the NBA. I also right. have um, photograph evidence of me standing next to Luca's jersey that's hanging in uh, Real Madrid's oh, okay. uh, football stadium. Uh, so. James, maybe learn some more facts about, you know, where my allegiances come from and just yeah. throw out glory hunting terms. So, sorry, was that soccer stadium? Um, so. <laughs> it actually is in the stadium, yeah. So you yeah, thought Luca when he was you know, a teenager balling overseas in, in Real Madrid, right? Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, he's just like, he, he absolutely tore up the Euro League. Um, oh, to, yeah. be, like, to be that young and be an MVP was just ridiculous. And like... I really like. I I had a slight inkling that he might choose to go the whole Ricky Rubio route and go back to and just do one more year, and um, but I think just because you know he he kind of won it all, so he just decided you know what I might as well just you know hitch hitch up and go to the NBA and see see what I can do. And obviously that that first season he just really just tore up, yep. um, and obviously learned a lot from playing with Dirk. So that's you know it's really really good to see that he's he's came on leaps and bounds from there. He's, he he went to the right team. Like if he had ended up in Atlanta, I don't think he would have as he'd had a, had a big impact. But I don't think he would have had as big an impact as he's had in Dallas because he did have Dirk. Um, but that Dallas team, Mark Cuban has got such a kind of international kind of flavor to that team that I think Luca just fits in so perfectly well. Like he just walked in the door and it just felt like it was right. Whereas I think if he walked in the door, yeah, exactly. And I think if he'd walked into Atlanta, it would have been a bit of a different story. I think what you're, what you're forgetting there is as well that um, the Kings could have drafted him and they passed on him, which I mean, can you imagine him with uh, De'Aaron Fox? One of them has to go. And I, Oh, I know. I don't think they work together. Like, I, I like Darren Fox, and I think he's a really good basketball player, but I think he's one of these ball-dominant point guards where if the ball is not in his hands, he is not going to stay around. You know, he is going to just shift and move somewhere else. Um, so, yeah, that, that would not have been a good recipe for, for either of them because they're both so young and they're both obviously still trying to find their own little niche. So that would have been, been a bit of a disaster, I think, for Fox because I, I, even, even 
even with the terrible, terrible coach that um, your man, um, what's his name again? I keep slating him every single time I go on this as well. Um, the, oh, the head coach used to be Lakers. Ah, oh, Luke Walton. Totally forgot Luke oh, Walton. Yeah. I was, I was like, Luke, Luke de Jong? No, that's a footballer. Um, yeah, Luke Walton. Even with him as a head coach, uh, you know, Luca would just have been, you know, a ridiculously bright spark in that terrible, terrible roster they have. So who, who would you say, looking now, we're a couple of years removed from that draft and that trade of Trey Young for, for what became Luka Doncic, who wins that trade as we stand just now? It's Dallas. It's not. It's not even a question. <laughs> definitely not even a question. I mean, Trey Young's nice and all, but he's not going to get you to the playoffs. And I think it's kind of shown, especially for the fact that every time you know Trey Young has a big game, they're in a big game where they're putting up a hell of a lot of points, and both their their opponents put up a hell of a lot of points, and they usually come out on the bad side of that. You know, it's always usually a a heavy, heavy defeat. So I just I think Luca is going to uh, Luca is going to be you know, kind of taking his game over the next few seasons to, to to the next kind of level. Once he gets the roster healthy around him, whereas Trey has, he's had a really good roster around him. And even though they're, you know, the most young rosters, Trey just doesn't seem to have it figured out yet. And I think it's going to take him a bit longer as well to figure out. That probably comes down to the maturity of, of Luca, though. Like we just said, he played in Europe and led teams and was MVP and, and pretty much won it all. So, Bryson, that's that, that's probably where that kind of comes from. He's got that level of maturity behind him, Doncic. Absolutely, absolutely. No, I think uh, when you look at that that draft and that trade, uh, just like I, I said a, a few minutes ago, I think it, it's all about culture. Um, I think Trey Young fits in Atlanta. I think Luca fits in Dallas. Uh, when you go there, and obviously Dirk was in the last year of his career, he had he was not you know close to what he was in his prime. But you have that leadership. You have guys like, uh, although he didn't play much, JJ Barea, you know, good veteran player. Rick Carlisle, one of the best coaches in basketball, uh, and Mark Cuban, one of the better owners in basketball as well. So you kind of have that. I mean, they they won a championship a decade ago, so you know, not that long ago, they took down the LeBron, D Wade, Chris Bosh led Miami Heat. So. Um, I, I think that's more of a winning culture than Atlanta is. You know, the close, closest Atlanta's gotten to the finals in the last 20 seasons, they got swept by LeBron in the Eastern Conference Finals. So um, I, I think I think Trey is a great player. Uh, I don't think there's a question Luke is the better player. So, um, yes, Dallas won the trade, but I, I, I'd be interested in the kind of conversation we'd have if you swap the two players. I think Luka would be better, but would he be in Atlanta what he is today in Dallas? That, I think that's the number one question right now. Yeah, I, I, I can't agree more. I think um, that would be an interest. It's one of those kind of what-if episodes I think the, the NBA would need to run to see what would happen because they, they do those on NBA TV. I think that would be a really interesting one to kind of throw up probably in like 10 years' time um, once they've kind of had a, a good piece of their career um, in the books. So what we'll do is we'll take a short break and then we'll be right back. Um, with uh, what's been going on around the NBA. So by now, you'll have seen our website, atpsports.net. You're going to admit, it's pretty awesome. It was brought to you by the team at Data Squared. You can find them on the web, datasq2.co.uk. They're dedicated to bringing you the very best in website design, hosting and security. 
Their aim is to provide you with the very best package you need to help you spread the word about your business. Data Squared will design and build a website for you and they'll build it not just for desktop but for all devices so you can be seen on the move. Data Squared will help you choose your domain, making sure it's relevant to you and your business and they'll open up an online store for you. They have the tools um, so you can keep track of customers, their orders, stock and much, much more. So why not expand your business online today with Data Squared? Visit datasq2.co.uk So we're back. Uh, the first topic we're going to um, kick with is something that happened today. The Minnesota Will, uh, Timberwolves fired Ryan Saunders um, in his just third season as coach. Uh, they've hired Toronto assistant Chris Finch, uh, but the Wolves had went nine, uh, 43 and 94 under Saunders. Um, that's obviously a pretty dire record, Bryson, but... Uh, is this the time to move on or should they maybe have just left it to the end of the season? It depends on how he was developing the young players because Minnesota is a young roster. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns is still in his mid-20s. D'Angelo Russell's in his mid-20s. Um, it's, it, you have the Anthony Edwards kid who had the dunk of the decade the other night. Um, and so when you had that young of a team, uh, I guess you would like to bring in a coach like they did with the Toronto Raptors. Um, and you know, he did a good job in, 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 with the Raptors with Pascal Siakam. We saw what he blossomed into. So if he can, you know, we've seen over the last 15 years or so, Minnesota has been virtually irrelevant since Kevin Garnett left to go to the Boston Celtics. So can this new guy, uh, what's his name again? I, I think I saw he was from, um, uh, from Toronto. What was his name again? Chris Finch. Finch. Yeah. Chris Finch. Okay. Okay. Yeah. No, if, if he can, if he can work with some of those younger guys in Minnesota, the way he did, in Toronto, um, you know, we, we saw the uh, uh, Chris Boucher, I believe is how you say his name in, in Toronto, number 25, great shot blocker, uh, went from kind of nobody knew who he was until now he, he's, a, he's a big key piece to that Raptors roster. So if, if he can develop those younger guys, you know, this is the Western Conference. And so uh, it's going to take it's going to take a, a few years. So if they give him give him time, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens from there. But uh, I like Minnesota's core three. Uh, I just don't know if it's enough to get them to the playoffs in the next few years in the West. Ryan, um, this Chris Finch, he coached the England um, 2012 Olympic team. Um, I'm assuming they, they meant British um, when they wrote this um, at the Olympics. Um, is he, I mean, we've seen Nick Nurse. I mean, he coached in, what was it, Bristol or Birmingham or somewhere down south. Um, he did pretty well in Toronto, won a championship. Is Chris Finch the, the right man for the Timberwolves? I, I I actually don't think he is. I think like they should have looked a little bit closer to home. Um, I think uh, we'll have a wee, wee bit of a chat about um, the the anger around this as well. Um, you've got your man, uh, David Vanterpool, who's the assistant coach at the Timberwolves, which a lot of NBA players have come out and said, why is he not getting the upgrade? Like He has you know, basically been the person behind the scenes trying to make the Minnesota Timberwolves relevant again. And um, just going back to what Bryson was saying there, I think the Timberwolves that were kind of relevant back when Kevin Love came third in the MVP race. Like he he was having some good seasons. They got to the playoffs. They had Pekovic. There was there was some there was some promise there. Um obviously they didn't do much in the playoffs, but they were there. Um but yeah the a lot of the NBA players came out and said, you know, this guy should have at least been given the chance. And it it seemed like it was kind of almost like 
he didn't even he wasn't even in the running. Obviously, Chris Finch was he was interviewed back before Ryan Saunders got the job, so there was an inkling that he could have been in the hot seat before Ryan Saunders anyway. Um, so yeah, there's there's that whole theory behind it. And um, both of them have you know some G League experience and stuff, but I think like the fact that he was already in the, the Timberwolves organization and a lot of the players already are quite adjusted to him, it would have been nice to see what he could have done with a couple of games or maybe a month or two, rather than suddenly just jumping ship and getting someone new in um, at such a strange point in the season. That, that's that's my whole feeling about it anyway. Do you think then in that case that the, the Timberwolves hiring Ryan, son of Flip Saunders, um, was more of a sentimental hire and and maybe that wasn't the right hire in the first place. And that's why they haven't really even interviewed anyone. They've just went back to someone that they had interviewed before. I mean, did they hire him or did he hire himself? I don't know if you heard about this, but he was on the hiring panel. So can you imagine that? Tune up for a job interview. Uh, so Ryan, uh, do you want the job? Yes, Ryan, I do. Well, you're welcome. There you go. You've got a job. It's getting really confusing because your name's Ryan. Um, <laughs> Bryson is. I didn't realise that he was on the on the hiring crew um, at the Timberwolves, so that that is odd, especially if you're going to be interviewing people that, you know, you're basically going to not give the job to because you want to give it to yourself. Um, I I did think it was a sentimental kind of hire back when it was done. I kind of liked it because, you know, everyone's rooting for like an underdog story because the Timberwolves have been terrible for years. Um, but yeah, have the Timberwolves made the right move? Uh, it's a good point that, that Ryan brought up. I, I did see on social media that both CJ McCollum and Damian Lillard, because I believe he was their one of their assistant coach in Portland, uh, they, they did not like the decision at all. They thought he should have gotten an opportunity, uh, at least for the rest of this season, if not for longer. Um that, that's the thing with, with, you know, the whole Ryan Saunders. I, I did feel like it was more of a sentimental thing because, you know, they, they hired him after uh, I believe it was um, uh, the, the head coach in, in the, with the Knicks now that was with the Timberwolves. Um, oh, my goodness. I can't remember his um, name. Uh, Thibodeau. Thibodeau. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Great defensive coach. Um, once they fired him, it was like, okay, we're just going to give this Ryan Saunders guy a shot. You know, his dad was a great coach for us for years. So um, I, I, I didn't think he was necessarily qualified for the job. Um, there's there's many more good candidates out there so I, I I don't know I don't know how I look at it when I look at the the lack of success the Timberwolves have had for a long time you brought up the years with Kevin Love they were still struggling to win 35 games a year and Kevin Love was putting up unbelievable numbers he was one of the 10 best players in basketball um, but as a team they, they never nobody ever thought of them as any kind of threat to even have some chance to compete for a championship those you know four five six years that, that Kevin Love was so dominant there so um, I don't know. We just got to see how it plays out because they're they're a mess right now. Um, Ryan, what, are, what other news have you got that's been going around this week? Um, so obviously that that's the kind of big headline story, but you know we've got a lot of a lot of big kind of stories. Um, one of the ones um, just came from obviously last night. Um, Terry was here, just absolutely taking over games again and get like pushing that. Hornets team, which if you think back to the start of the season when we had this, the, the one of the first episodes of the, of the year, I said the Charlotte Hornets are going to be in the playoffs. It's happening. It's finally happening. They're getting there. They're putting it together. 
Um, so he's had four 30-point games, including uh, a game winner against um, Golden State the other night, which Draymond Green gets teched up and chucked out. Um, now, if he doesn't get two techs there, they are not in with a shot of winning that game. So that's that's an interesting, interesting one there. Um, what, what are your guys' thoughts on how Charlotte are starting to put a bit of a run together? Uh, no, Terry Rozier's been balling right now. Uh, like you said, four 30-point games this season. He's averaging 21 points a game. And I believe the Hornets are in the seven or eight seed right now in the Eastern Conference, so they're, they're well within the playoff mix right now. Um, and LaMelo Ball has been one of the best rookies this year. But back to Terry, uh, you know, we saw back in 2018 when Kyrie Irving got injured before the playoffs, Terry Rozier was probably the second-best player on the Celtics, second or third, maybe. He was definitely behind Tatum and Al Horford in there as well. But uh, he was he was balling. I think having Kyrie there, that star point guard, may have stunted his development, his growth a little bit. And so now he goes to Charlotte, where you know he's, you've got this young kid Lamelo Ball who's looking to get better and better. That's Terry Rozier's today. He's a little bit better player, certainly a better offensive player uh, than Lamelo. But uh, back to your point about Draymond Green, of course, like I mentioned earlier, I'm a huge Warriors fan. I, listen. Obviously, I love Draymond, love the passion he brings to the game. Uh, I don't think Golden State wins any of the three championships without him. I think he's that important. But you've got to keep your cool there. You can't get back-to-back technicals. Uh, did the rest make a bad call? That's debatable. I, did, I wasn't a fan of it. But you can't lose your temper, get back-to-back techs. They hit two free throws. And like you mentioned, Terry Rozier hits a game-winning shot to, uh, you know, at the buzzer. Um, but that, that was a crazy basketball game. Steph Curry, you know, left seconds before tip-off because he was feeling sick. Uh, thankfully, not with covid but um, no, Terry Rozier is balling right now, and that was a crazy game Saturday night. Yeah, I think um, Steve Kerr is probably not not probably the happiest coach in the NBA. Um, I think he has had to manage Draymond Green since he got there um, to to ensure that he does keep his cool, and you know, because there's been there's been a few instances where Draymond's even had to be in. Uh, miss games because of suspensions because he's had too many technicals and stuff and um, he's kind of fallen foul of that a few times so I think that's something Steve Kerr has, has, has had to kind of manage um, what I'm liking about Rozier just now is uh, Bryson you mentioned it back when Kyrie was injured and he, he, when he was at the Celtics I thought Rozier was awesome I was like where's this guy been now yeah. he then the second well the, the year after he, he didn't do so well uh, moved on to Charlotte, and I was kind of underwhelmed. I kind of wanted to see this this guy kind of just take over again like he did in Boston because um, he was a really, really good point guard. The only thing that kind of really, as, as a point guard, and I, I am a Utah Jazz fan, and we do have the assist king um, title in Utah, he does not throw up assists a whole lot. I mean, he, this season, I think he's averaging about three I think overall through his career, he's at, he only averages 2.7 through his whole career, um, which isn't the greatest for a point guard. Your point guard should be your best distributor. Yes, you want him to be able to score and put up big numbers, but I think he needs to find that balance. And I think over the next year, my prediction is that Lamelo does get better, gets more confident, gets into a good rhythm um, as long as he stays injury-free and, and all that stuff. And if that happens, I think you'll see Rogier's assist numbers go up, but I don't think his points will necessarily drop. I think 
just other guys on the team. I think their num their their points totals will probably drop. But I think this these two could be a really good combo of Lamelo Ball and Terry Rozier um, for at least the next couple of years. And yes, Ryan, they will probably make the playoffs. And well done for for calling that. So one one so far, one so far to me. Um, yeah, I I actually think that Rozier's best position is in that two guard spot. And I think like with the kind of the inclusion of uh, Lamelo as the the kind of main focal point of the point guard, he will you know really really thrive in that that two guard spot because I think because you've got Borrego there, uh, obviously descendant of the school of pop, they move the ball an awful lot. So I don't think like the assist numbers for either of them are going to be super super high. Like they they move the ball, and as I said before, they've got this wealth of a lot of players that can play very very similar positions. So they're just gonna, you know, share the ball and move it around, and if it gets to the right person, shoot the ball. You know, that's yeah, fair. Pretty much. I, th- I think it's, you know, to a higher degree, that's kind of the situation in Brooklyn right now um, with you know Kyrie and James Harden. James Harden's listed as a shooting guard. Kyrie's listed as a point guard. James Harden's a much better pure point guard than Kyrie Irving is. Kyrie is more, you know, no more for scoring his unbelievable handles, his finishing ability, and you know, you know, you look at their careers. James Harden. I think he almost triples Kyrie in assist in his career. So, um, yeah, I mean, they're both great players, but, you know, I saw a week or so ago when the Nets played the Warriors, when James Harden just told Kyrie, hey, you're the two, I'm the one guard. And, and, and you know, you saw what, what happened from that point moving forward. So uh, I think we're starting to see this transition. Uh, and I think, we, I think the Warriors and the Rockets, to a certain degree, started it. It's positionless basketball. You know, can you score? Can you distribute the basketball? Lamelo is a much better pure point guard than – uh, than Terry Rozier. So um, I think we're starting to see, we have seen that transition over the past few seasons. Yeah, it, there has been definitely a, a transition. Um, and because I, I think we've seen it a few years, well, what about 10 years ago with the, the power forward in the center position, there was a bit more of a kind of meshing. You had like six, nine guys playing five um, and, and some footers playing like, well, Carl Anthony Towns is probably a good example. Um, he can easily play power forward. Um, Ryan, the next one that you you, you brought up um, is heating up. Um, the Miami Heat um, beat the Lakers uh, by two points. Um, that's great, and it's great. And I will say, it's great to see Jimmy Butler back. Um, but the rest of the results. Um, don't look that great for the Heat, and obviously the record just now isn't particularly particularly great. If we go back to fe- uh, February twelfth, um, they did beat the Rockets, which I'll give you. They got spanked off the Jazz, off the Clippers. They got spanked. The Warriors. They got spanked. Um, they did beat the Heat, uh, the Kings. Sorry, by eight. But does beating the Lakers give them any kind of um, credence to to say that they're going to go on and and make the playoffs? So I put this in um, mainly for the fact that it was a good kind of talking point about how uh, the Heat got a bit of a kind of vengeance against LeBron for the for the you know the finals. Um, but I also wanted to kind of highlight for the fact that over the next week they've got a real kind of easier schedule, which should see them up into those kind of higher spots. Their toughest game over the next week is against the Jazz, which Jimmy holds grudges. We both know this. I don't think this is going to be such an easy game for the Jazz as it was last time. Not saying that the last game was easy, but there was a, as, as we said the other week there, there was a seven and a half minute spot where they just couldn't buy a bucket. Now, I suppose probably for me, 
one or two best coach in the league. He's going to figure that out. So I expect that game to be, if not going to overtime, be a heat win. Okay, so they, they do play the Toronto Raptors um, in the schedule. Also, the Oklahoma City Thunder, um, who are pretty decent. Uh, before This is before they play the Jazz. Um, surely those games, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking that they're going to eke out one against the Jazz, do they pick up wins against the Thunder and the Raptors? Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I think, like, the fact that Kyle Lowry might not be back this week, he's kind of out. So I think that, that that game now just became a lot easier for the Heat. Um, OKC, who knows what's going on with them? They play like four different guys every different night. Um, so I, I don't I don't hold a lot of faith for the OKC Thunder in a game against the Heat. They'll pick up wins throughout the season, but not against uh, Jimmy Butler or Heat team. So yeah, I, I don't see that happening. So I think their their whole focus will be on that Jazz game. Okay, so Bryson. The jazz game is it is winner bust for the for the Heat according to Ryan. Um, now the Jazz, if I'm not mistaken, um, have the best record in the NBA by by two games, two and a half games or something over the the Lakers. Um, is this a game that the Heat can and I believe go into Utah and win? Oh sure, they can they can win. Anybody in the NBA in the regular season can go win anywhere any given night. Um, but, you know, back to Miami, um, you know, it's funny. I, I looked at the stat today, the heat are 14 and eight with Jimmy Butler, which is pretty good. You know, you, it's a respectable record. It's over 500, they're three and nine without him. And, you know, winning percentage with Jimmy Butler would put them as the four seed, which would actually be an improvement of last year. They were the five seed, uh, going into that playoff run when they got to the finals and, uh, you know, without Jimmy Butler, their winning percentage would make them the worst team in the Eastern conference. So, um, I think regardless of the numbers he puts up, because, you know, he's not going to blow you away all the time with the stats, um, but they go as he goes. Uh, he's, he's their unquestioned leader. You know, even in 2019, I believe it was, Dwayne Wade's last year, um, for the most part, minus Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler, that was pretty much the same roster that got to the finals a year later, and they missed the playoffs. And so you add Jimmy into the mix. Um, uh, Tyler Hero has struggled a little bit. Duncan Robinson up and down. Uh, I like what Bam's given them uh, offensively and defensively. But, um, you know, I, I talked about it on my show, you know, numerous times. Moving forward, I like the Heat more than I do, do the Bucks. And as crazy as that sounds, you know, Giannis is a better player than Jimmy Butler, no doubt. But you look at the depth of Miami, you look at, you know, their youth. Uh, Eric Spolcher, like you mentioned, Ryan, is one of the best coaches in the NBA. Um, and so I, I think they're set up for a good three, four years where they can, they can contend for championships. And maybe they can get hot, like you mentioned. Their, their schedule is not – you know, it's not crazy. It's, you know, the OKC Thunder, they should be able to win that one. Uh, the Raptors, if they're without Kyle Lowry, the Raptors, if they're without Kyle, that shouldn't be a brutal test. Uh, the Jazz will most definitely, no question, be their toughest game. Uh, they play Atlanta twice, and then they play the Pelicans to, uh, to go into the All-Star break. So if they can string together some wins going into the second half of the season, maybe or maybe not, they make a big trade, who knows. Um, but I like where the Heat are right now, you know, you know get some momentum. Uh, win some games on the road and at home and uh, be right back in the championship picture in the Eastern Conference. One thing I like, and I, I've always liked about Jimmy Butler, is his intensity. And one yeah. thing that, I, although I didn't like how he did it, um, leaving Minnesota, um, I, I certainly didn't like how the way he went about it. But 
it was definitely something that needed to be done. He needed to get out of there because the culture we talked about earlier with the Mavericks and, and Luka Doncic, the culture in, in Minnesota did not fit Jimmy. Um, Wiggins didn't fit Jimmy. Carl uh, Anthony Towns didn't fit Jimmy. So he had to go. He made the right move, just went about it the wrong way. And obviously when it came to the Philadelphia 76ers, I didn't think that was a great fit um, because I think Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, I don't think they get on. I, I think they get on on the court, but I don't think they have a camaraderie off the court. I think they probably don't talk to each other unless they're at training. Or, like I don't see those guys sitting at home texting each other, oh, you're watching this game, oh, look at this. and all that. Like, I just don't see that at all. Um, Jimmy, though, went to Miami, a great coach like you both mentioned. And if you look at the players that are there, they're young. Um, with the exception of Dragic, obviously. Um, they're young and they can be impressed upon. And they, Jimmy has already taken them to an NBA Finals and has shown them, look, guys, we can do this. You're young. People for years have said you cannot win with a young team in the NBA. Jimmy almost did it. I mean, he almost took them there. Um, so I have been very impressed with Jimmy, and I think the best move that he could have made was moving to Miami with that team, with the president of, of uh, Pat Riley. I, I think from top to bottom, that team is Jimmy Butler's um his intensity just goes right the way through it. So um Ryan, I'm with you. I, I think uh, I think the heat. I mean, Bryson, you mentioned fourth place. If you if you kind of look at the record, um, where they could end up, um, Ryan, I, I definitely think that the Heat are on the up, um, but I think they'll trip over the Jazz. Ooh, to be to be confirmed, then to be confirmed. Uh, talking about um, teams that will, aren't tripping up, um, the Brooklyn Nets, and um, without um, Kevin Durant, um, have done pretty well. There, James is uh, behaving himself. Kyrie isn't missing too many games. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I assume by now he'd have packed up his bags and moved to Antigua or something. Um, but you know, they, they they seem to be managing things quite well. And Steve Nash is having a good first season as a head coach. Obviously, he's got a lot of support there from Dan Tony. But Bryson, I, I, do you think this is a, a team that will? will ride injuries and COVID out and uh, be a pretty solid playoff team. Oh, they're more than a solid playoff team. I think today they're the favorites to win the Eastern Conference. Um, but no, you looked at, they go on the road at West Coast trip. You know, it's tough for, you know, these cross-country trips for these teams. That's that's tough to, to go sweep, and especially the teams they beat. They beat, uh, obviously, a Golden State team, that, which is probably going to make the playoffs in the West. Uh, Kings, okay, that's, you know, whatever. Uh, they beat the Phoenix Suns, who are going to be the four or five seed. Uh, they beat the Lakers, albeit without Anthony Davis, um, if, although they didn't have Kevin Durant themselves. And then they go on the road last night and say what you want about that, you know, the ending, at, you know, with the offensive foul and Kawhi Leonard. That was a very impressive win, I thought, over the Los Angeles Clippers. So uh, once I get KD back, if they can build that chemistry, that's that's my only issue with the Nets at this point is obviously defensively they, they've been they've been as bad as anybody. So they can fix that. Plus, get KD back, have that that big three. Uh, play together for you know a couple months, two or three months going into the playoffs. Um, I, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't want to face them if I if I was any contending team. Uh, they're 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 you know they're really putting it together. James Harden and Kyrie Irving seem to have built a great chemistry. 
Yeah, Ryan, this wasn't the chemistry I was expecting um, when James Harden moved out to, to Brooklyn. Um, I thought there would be, I thought there'd be a honeymoon period that would last a couple of games and then they, they would all fall out And because there's some pretty big egos um, on that team, isn't there? Yeah, definitely. I think I think what we've got to remember as well, we've only seen, I think we've seen seven games of the three of them on the court together. So that possible fallout I still think can be lingering over their heads because it, okay they're they're getting on great in timeouts and stuff, but they still haven't sorted out who takes that last shot. Who's the closer? No one's no one knows who the closer is now. And I I still don't like their defense. So I think, yeah, great. Like teams are gonna look at them and they're gonna look at them and go, Wow, look at all that offensive power. But get them in the playoff series, I don't see them winning. You know, I just I don't I don't see it. You think they fall apart? Who do you believe their biggest threats are in the Eastern Conference? Because I only got one team. Philly. Okay, I agree. Yeah, I agree with you. I think Philly, once they, you know, they've, they've not played well the last few games. Once they get it together, um, as big as they are, you know, Joel Embiid's played unbelievable. He's been an MVP candidate. Tobias Harris has really bounced back from last year. Uh, ben, uh, ben Simmons is playing better. I think Doc Rivers coming in there has really, has really you know, gotten things in shape. Um but I can't. I definitely can't see Boston beating them. I, you know, I don't care how good their defense is. They're they just the pieces don't seem to fit right now. Kimball Walker uh, is a shell of himself. What he was in Charlotte. Um, let's see. The the Bucks have not played well. They, they've gotten it together a little bit, but over the last couple of weeks, they haven't played well. And I can't trust Giannis late in these big playoff games. So um, in the, I'm not saying they're going to win the championship. I still think I still got the Lakers once AD gets back. But once you know. Once the playoffs get here, outside of Philly, I cannot see um, I cannot see anybody beating Brooklyn right now. I I actually think like you've got you basically you've got three teams who could be the Nets' kryptonite. You've got Philly who have got the size to compete with them and you know the scoring power. You've got the Pacers who just seem like a unstoppable juggernaut at sometimes. You know it doesn't matter if they're down twenty thirty, they're going to come back at you. And then you've got the Heat who you know doesn't matter who they're up against. They're thinking that we're probably the underdogs, but we're still probably going to win this. So those three teams, if if the Nets have to come up against any of those three teams in the first round, oh, I, I really do have have some pity for Steve Nash. I th- I think Brooklyn are one of these teams that yeah they've put together. You know one thing that I've not heard this team being called. I've never once in the media, and there maybe they they have, and I've just not heard it. But no one has as given them the the label of super team um and i think a lot of that probably has to do with the fact that people don't think they're going to be together that long people think that you know there is going to be a blow up at some stage and i think that blow up happens in the playoffs i think yeah they get to the conference finals but i think when you're playing a tough team like a philadelphia or maybe even like a miami um i think when the tough gets going, I think Kyrie hides in a box um, and starts playing with his square globe. So I, I think it's it's really going to be a tough one. Um, Ryan, you have our next topic, and I'm I'm desperate for you to to introduce this one. Um, so our next topic would be obviously your favorite team getting clipped by Kawhi and PG. Just a surprise return. Uh, what's, what's your feelings, James, on, on that? What I'm going to say to you is the Jazz have not lost a game since January 31st. 
and that was against the Denver McNuggets, um, who haven't played particularly well since. Um, we have beaten in this time um, some some poor teams, but some decent teams as well. We've beaten your Charlotte Hornets, who we, we've already spoken about. Beaten the Pacers, the Celtics, the Bucks, your Heat, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers. And we did play the Clippers um, two nights before, and we beat them pretty handedly, 114 to 96. They beat us by, what, four points? Um, and still, they were the home team. That was two, that was back-to-back away games in LA. Um, so I'm, I'm actually not that upset that they, they beat us. Because um, I think the NBA, Bryson alluded to it earlier, um, anyone can win a regular season game against anyone else in this league. Um, it's about momentum and it's about finding a rhythm. Um, and I think, yeah, that was a, that was a tough loss, especially when like, it is so close. But I, I think some of those wins that we've had throughout this period has been without Donovan Mitchell. Um, and I think that he is the, the catalyst that we need. Now, some people may say he's, he's having a bad season, um, but I think what he makes up for is his leadership. And I think he has grown over the last couple of years into a tremendous leader um, on this team um, and has taken the, the mantle of the, the superstar tag, if you like, um, and made sure he's brought the whole team along. He's not one of these superstars that's like, oh, look at me, I'm a superstar, I'm brilliant, I'm putting up 30, 40 points a night. No, he's not doing that at all. He's talking about, when you hear him in interviews, he's talking about Gobert, he's talking about Royce O'Neal, um, especially. Um, and, you know, he is bigging up his team all the time. When a question gets asked, oh, I mean, what did you do here that was really good? He doesn't say what he did. He says, well, if it wasn't for so-and-so, I couldn't have done that. So he's always kind of handing that off. And and I think what you have in Utah is a, an actual team from one straight through to the 12th man. I think you have a solid team. Um, and so I'm, I'm not worried by a loss to the Clippers because you're going to pick up losses. It's it's a long season. So, um, and yeah, it was back-to-back away games in LA. Um, so it was probably a, a restaurant or two that was visited in that time, I would imagine as well. No, I, I think when it comes to the Utah Jazz, uh, you know, I talked about Utah last week and, and I, I'm, I'm kind of high on them. I, I've loved Donovan Mitchell ever since he had that incredible first round series against Westbrook, Paul George and Carl Mel Anthony in 2018. Um, you know, the thing with Utah right now is, and what I love about them, they've been together for a long time. This is pretty much the same roster, you know, say for a couple of pieces that's been together for the last couple of seasons. I think you're seeing Mike Conley uh, get more comfortable in Quinn Snyder's system uh, with the Jazz. Um, I don't, I, I can't see them beating the Lakers today. I, I can't. Uh, LeBron and Anthony Davis are the most lethal duo in, in the NBA, and they're going to figure it out eventually once Anthony Davis gets back. Um, I, I think if you, if you, if today, you stacked up the Utah Jazz, the Los Angeles Clippers. I'd take Utah. The, the Clippers still got some internal stuff, regardless of the fact that Ty Lue's their new head coach. There's still something a little off with them. They're, they're a great basketball team, no question about it. Something's still just kind of off with them that I feel like was there last year. Um, and so, would it, you know, I'd, pro- I'd probably take the Jazz in seven games. I don't think they'd just run over the Clippers. Um, but they're great defensively. They're a phenomenal three-point shooting team. And so um, are they championship contenders? Yes. Do I see them beating the Lakers? No. Uh, but everywhere in the West, as great as the Western Conference is, I cannot see anybody today being Utah uh, four times in two weeks. 
That's one thing I've noticed, though, is the Jazz are playing the Western Conference. And the Western Conference, for even when I was a, a young lad, um, the Western Conference was the toughest conference. Like, it was always tough. The East maybe had your Pacers and your Bulls and your Knicks. But the West always had really strong, strong teams. You had the Rockets, the Lakers. Um, you had the Jazz because the Jazz at the time, you know, they had Stockton and Malone and they made it really tough. Um, so for me, the Jazz to be at the top of, of the NBA, not just the Western Conference, but of the NBA is amazing to me because everyone writes off small market teams and Utah Jazz are probably the, one of the smallest market teams in the NBA. So the fact that we can still be there and be at the top and be labeled as contenders is pretty good, Ryan. So um, I'm not too worried about a loss to the Clippers. Uh, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Just I'd like to point out those teams that you, you're out off that they beat, they were all without their, their main players. I think the biggest name you came up against throughout that whole run was Ben Simmons, and he dropped 40 on you. So... You know, yeah, but what was the final score? <laughs> it may have been quite a lot. Of game. <laughs> I just hope, I just hope this Utah team isn't. I, I brought them up earlier. I hope they're not the Atlanta Hawks of five or six years ago, where they, they've got you know the, the team chemistry is good, great coaching. Uh, but once they run into you know LeBron, it's it's you know no contest. Um, I, I just hope that's not the case for the Jazz because I really like what they're doing right now. We've seen that against the Houston Rockets when James Harden was in Houston. Um, I, I stayed up till 4 a.m. watching painful games against Houston Rockets. That's dedication where, where, where Ricky Rubio is standing behind James Harden trying to guard him, which um, still to this day absolutely bemuses me um as to why that was. But we'll, we'll move on. What we'll do is we'll take a quick break before Ryan jumps in and... and yeah, it gives me some more hassle about the jazz, and we'll be right I was just, back I was, after I was, this. I was, I was just going to say that he can't draw a foul on him if he's behind them, so it's it's good tactics. You can't step back. <laughs> well, no, you can't step back. <laughs> yeah, and enough. you have to go bear in the paint. It's you know, great shot blocker. So I mean, that's the best I could have done. Still didn't work, <laughs> but there we go. <laughs> right, we shall take a break now that Ryan said his tuppence. Okay, so we're back. We've got Bryson Carver. Uh, we've got Ryan Doherty, who hates the Utah Jazz. Um, we're going to talk <laughs> all-star lineups. Um, we'll talk about the coaches first, actually, um, since we're talking about um, teams that Ryan hates. Quinn Snyder is going to be the um, coach for Team LeBron, um, which is ironic, given that that could be the Western Conference matchup. Um, and Doc Rivers is going to be coaching uh, Team Duran. Um and that, that's quite funny because that could be a Western Conference matchup. Um, uh, sorry, Eastern Conference matchup. Um, so uh, there's some interesting coaches. I mean, Quinn Snyder's obviously top of the NBA, so you would assume that he would get offered that. Doc Rivers, I, I don't know. I kind of fancied Eric Spoltra for this. I, I would just like to... No, no, no. I would just like to point out, I don't hate the Utah Jazz. And can I just throw out the fact that I actually prefer Snyder to coach over Doc Rivers. So, <laughs> okay. I, I think how it goes, though, is is the top uh, the top seed, their head coach coaches, uh, you know, obviously Kevin Durant, the East LeBron of the West. So I think that that's normally how, how they do things. Yeah, 
I, I don't know if they should change that though, because I think sometimes I think Doc Rivers is is a pretty intense guy, whereas you want probably someone that's a bit more relaxed and a bit more kind of fun. Um, and sometimes, like I, I've seen Doc a couple of times have have some fun, but like he's a pretty intense guy sometimes. So I don't know if I'm a big fan of that that kind of call. Um, but the teams themselves, um, if we have a quick um, look over the, the starters, um, for, so for Team LeBron, um, you have Luka Doncic, you have Steph Curry, Nikolai Jokic, and Kawhi Leonard. Um, and in the East, you have Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, obviously, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. So I have a massive, massive bone to pick. Um, Bradley Beal is on a losing team that is not even close to the play-in. So all-stars for me, yes, you should be a great player, but you can't be on a losing team being in the all-star game, surely. I don't know. With Bradley Beal, I mean, he's leading the league in scoring. Uh, I, I think that in itself, maybe it doesn't guarantee you a starting role on uh, the All-Star game, uh, but th- at, at the very least, it, it, it guarantees you the fact you should you should be in the All-Star game. Uh, you got to remember with the Wizards, they had all kinds of COVID problems. Uh, Westbrook was out for a while. So I, I think, and they played better, by the way, in the last couple of weeks or so. So if you, you, you got plenty of guys uh, that we've started in the past with, with, you know, bad teams. You know, we talked about Kevin Love earlier, how many All-Star games did he play and the Timberwolves were terrible. So, um, you know, it's, it's not all-star game just based on if your team's the best. Because in that case, you know, Mike Conley, it'd be just the, the whole starting lineup for the Utah Jazz. Mike Conley, Donovan Mitchell, Gobert. I'd buy that. Well, yeah, of course you would. You're a Jazz fan. Of course, of course you wouldn't have a problem. Uh, no, but that, that's – I have no problem with Bradley Beal. My biggest problem by far, how, how does Damian Lillard not make, the, not make the all-star game starting lineup? And I love Luka Doncic, but he ain't, he ain't Damian Lillard. Uh, you know, in, in clutch situations – I don't, I don't know if – I mean, if I sat down and think about LeBron's a clutch player, Kevin Durant, but um, I, I can't think of somebody taking a game-winning three who I'd want more than, than Damian Lillard. And, you know, I'm a Steph Curry guy. I'm a Warriors fan. But game-winning shot, I, I'm taking Damian Lillard any day of the week. He's averaging 28, 29 a game, seven assists. Um, I believe he's in, he's in the top five in player efficiency rating. Uh, and he's carrying Portland right now with all the injuries they've had. So and, – and Portland's been a much better team – than Dallas has this season, and it's been in large part because of Damian Lillard. So I, I think him not being in the starting lineup is, is you know, a, a basketball crime as far as I'm concerned. I think this this highlights the fact that there still needs to be more reform around how this all-star voting is going. I'm not a fan of just saying, right, you've got your two guards and then you've got your three bigs. It can't be that anymore because Kawhi Leonard shouldn't be in it for me. I think it should be Steph, Luca, and Dame. They should be okay. your three nailed on ones for for the West, along with LeBron, and then the the other spots up for whoever you want it to be. Um, I, I just I don't I don't think like um, Kawhi again still missing. He's not missing as many games as he was in the past, but he's still missing a, a big chunk of uh, the LA games. Whereas Doncic hasn't missed any games. Dame's not missed any games. You know, Steph's hardly missed any games this season. And they're putting up some major, major numbers. So yeah, I, I do agree that those those three really should should be in the in the All Star game as the starters. I agree so with you. you. Go ahead. 
So here's the thing, talking about people that are missing. Um, we've already mentioned a couple of times that the Jazz are top of the NBA, but yet are not represented by any starters whatsoever. And I've always thought, and, and this has just been an opinion I've held for a long time, is that, and, and that's why I brought up Bradley Beal, um, Luka Doncic currently is in 10th place with the, the Dallas Mavericks. Um, Nikola Jokic is, is only just above them. It just doesn't marry up to me that a team that is top of the NBA has no stars um, on that lineup at all. You look at the East, yeah, you've got Kevin Durant, you've got Kyrie Irving, you've got Joel Embiid. You know, those guys are all pretty, pretty much the top. But you look at the West and the West kind of, it just doesn't marry up to me. Yes, those are great players. Luka Doncic is a great player. Jokic is a great player. Kawhi Leonard, yeah, he misses games, but um, the record's still pretty decent eh, even when he misses. So um, I, just, I just find it weird that the top team in the NBA has no representation other than the coach. That's fair. No, that, that, that's fair. Um, I, I just think, you know, I've been a Mike Conley fan for a long time, ever since, you know, he was in Memphis. I think he's one of the most underrated players in basketball, uh, but he's not in even the same universe as Steph Curry. Love Donovan Mitchell. think he's going to be a top 10 player in short order, but uh, he's not, he's not Luca. And so, you know, this, we got to always keep in context. This is an individual, uh, you know, accomplishment for these guys. And uh, yeah, like I, it's, it's why I mentioned earlier, Utah plays great team basketball. They're not completely reliant on one individual star like some of these other, other teams are. Um, so, you know, Donovan Mitchell is going to make the all-star game. I think Rudy Gobert may or may not make the all-star game. He's had kind of a quiet year this year compared to years past. Uh, I think Mike Conley should get in. So um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, it's kind of odd, but, you know, you like it's. I think it's more of a testament to Quinn Snyder, and it's fitting that he's at the All Star Games because they do play great team basketball and they move the ball. Great shooting, uh, three point shooting team, great defensive team. I think they will all three of them be at the All Star Game. I think Gobert, Mitchell, and Conley. Um, I think they all will be there. Um, I think it goes back to being a, the, the small market team. Um, there's obviously not a lot of votes um, go their way. I, I think a good majority of votes probably go for Mitchell anyway. Um, if anyone outside Utah probably goes for, for Mitchell unless they're a big kind of blocking guy and, and they want to take Gobert. But um, yeah, Ryan, I think uh, I, I'm disappointed that I don't see any jazz guys there, but like they're all going to be there um, in Atlanta for the All-Star game. Do you remember what I was saying? Um, I think I'm pretty sure it was last week when we were talking about Donovan Mitchell possibly being the MVP race. This highlights exactly what I was saying last week. Um, because him and Rudy take votes away from each other, you can't really single either of them out because they're not having amazing, amazing years themselves. So it does, it hurts both their chances of being in these all-star games, MVP races and stuff. Um, I think back to the last time where you saw a team at the top of the standings and their whole team being the all-star game, that uh, Atlanta Hawks team, um, back in the day when they got swept by LeBron I think that's in the back of a lot of kind of coaches and uh, presses minds the last time they put a, a team that was at the top of the standings in the all-star game and seeing how badly they performed in the playoffs so I think that does hurt Utah a little bit Yeah that's probably right but like Bryson says that the whole team thing um, probably is a complete testament to, to Quinn Snyder's um, coaching the fact that he has got them such as a team um, that 
really you couldn't kind of vote any of them in. Um, and I do think that they will all be there. Um, it's just a, a shame that, you know, no, no, none of them are starting. They probably will play big minutes as well, I'd imagine, but we'll see how it goes. Um, it's a wild little all-star game anyway, so we'll, we'll soon see. I think it's uh, tomorrow, the 23rd, that we find out who the reserves are going to be. Um, so that should be quite an interesting one uh, from that standpoint. Um, the next story we have is Boogie is out of Houston. Um, Ryan, this is this has kind of been on the cards though, hasn't it, surely? Yeah, I think since since the whole Harden trade, it was just a matter of time. Um, obviously, Houston's a bit of a kind of ticking time bomb of of the fact of when they will, you know, either tank or go full young. Um, so it's not a surprise that it's coming. I think it's a surprise that it took this long for the Houston board to realize maybe this is what we should do because um, they didn't have that great a record when Harden left, and I thought I think like. They had a, a good run of five or six games where uh, Wood was putting up some massive numbers, Oladipo was putting up some massive numbers, Wall was was healthy, so they maybe they thought, oh, let's let's try and see if we can get into playoffs here. Um, but I think it's it's a smart decision. Um, it will be really interesting to find out where Boogie goes. That's 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 what I'm really looking forward to to find out. Yeah, Bryson, where where could or where would he fit? Um, kind of halfway into the season. Well, um, you, you look at the Lakers this season. I thought Mark Gasol would be a huge addition. Maybe he's not what he was when he was with the Grizzlies and even at some points with the Raptors. Uh, but he looks really limited right now. Um, it's kind of – and that's that's the thing with Boogie Cousins is, you know, injuries have, have plagued him and kind of robbed him, if we're being honest, of, of being one of the best bigs we've ever seen. So um, it likely won't be in a starting role. Um, but I could see him going to the Brooklyn Nets uh, because DeAndre Jordan is, didn't, has not given them what I thought he would. Um, and they actually play better when he's off the court. They play better with that small ball lineup. Uh, so I could see Brooklyn as a possible destination. Boston could use a big man. Um, maybe Boogie gives them a little bit of a boost um, you know, off the bench. I know Tristan Thompson has been their starting center, but I'd, I'd take DeMarcus Cousins today over, over Tristan Thompson. So I, I think Boston or Brooklyn would be the, the two best fits for, for DeMarcus Cousins. Yeah, Thompson's been uh, underwhelming, um, to say the least, in Boston, I have to say. I did expect a lot better from him. Um, two players that are on their way, um, one that's been talked about for, for a while now is uh, Andre Drummond. And uh, Blake Griffin is, is on his way out of Detroit. The team have agreed to bench him um, until such times as they can they can get a trade. So that's, that's two kind of really good players from maybe a couple of years ago and um, they were almost at the top of their game and they're kind of rooting around looking for teams are, are they going ring chasing or are they just not fitting where they're at I don't know it, it depends on how you look at it Blake Griffin of course has, has developed into more of a jump shooter now which is weird to say you know because of he was one of the best dunkers in basketball not that long ago um look we, we see this a lot of times with bad teams Detroit's the worst team in the Eastern Conference so uh, we see a lot of times, you know, some of the better players just say, hey, look, I, I don't want to be around for a rebuild for you know, if you're tanking, that's fine. But I, I'd, I'd like to go elsewhere, at least have the opportunity to to at least at least at the very least be in the playoffs um, with Andre Drummond. I think it's the same situation. Um, you know, we, we forget he's been the best rebounder in basketball for the last three or four seasons. Seems like every year he's grabbing 13, 14 rebounds uh, a game. So, no, I don't I don't blame either of those guys. And I think the organizations say, hey, look, you know. 
we, we want you to, to have an opportunity to succeed elsewhere while we do what we have to do uh, to, to, to build for the future. So um, I, I don't have an issue with, with either guy, you know, wanting out. Uh, I think my big problem with the Cleveland situation is that, you know, Andre Drummond has been asking to play in some of these games and they're still holding him out. Um, I think it's a little, a little messed up. So out, outside of that, I don't have any issues uh, with, with how both situations are going down. Yeah, I Ryan. think I think I think like the the whole Drummond situation. I think it's slightly different to the Blake situation. Whereas I think like uh, Drummond, they he didn't want to trade. I think he wanted to build his own brand up again in Cleveland. Cleveland said, "Well, we just got Jarrett Allen, who is probably our better fit for us. So we don't need you anymore." So I'm not surprised that they're holding them out. I'm actually surprised that they're they're not being a bit more proactive and shopping around. You know, I think like if you're Cleveland, you take as many picks as you possibly can get because getting an equal value player just now isn't helping you. You know, you've got a whole bunch of young guys in your roster. You're not competing in the East in the next two or three years. Take as many picks as you need. You know, get get him gone. Get him somewhere that he can, you know, build himself back up. Whereas in Blake's case, I think he's going to go ring chasing. That's That's my gut feeling behind it anyway. I did see a, a, a story or a, it was a poll somewhere um, on teams that, that Blake could end up two ring, tra- ring chase. Um, the Lakers were mentioned, Brooklyn was mentioned, uh, but also mentioned that, that the cap space would, uh, would not fit either of those teams. Um, and those are probably your two favourites from both conferences. So um, they would have to move um, a, a significant amount of money and for either of those teams to get him. So ring chasing might be about out of his prospect. Andre Drummond, on the other hand, um, that, that might fit one of those two teams um, in terms of contract. He does have a, a sizable contract as well, but I don't think it's quite as bad as Blake Griffin. So um, one tip I did see, don't know if it'll happen, is Blake Griffin to the Mavericks. Um, but I don't, I don't think, I, I can't see how that fits. Um and I, I think they've got too many pieces and, again, too many kind of big contracts as well with Brazingas and stuff. So um, that, I don't think that was going to work out. Um, Bryson, um, you've been with us um, for this show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, we're going to take a look in a moment at your top five sports films of all time, um, as we do with every first-time guest. Um, but please, um, plug us your, your show and, and tell us what you've got, got coming up. So I'm actually going to do a show in about 45 minutes live on Facebook, Twitter, and uh, YouTube. So looking forward to that. Uh, but no, you, you have all this, the situations like we talked about in the NBA. I'm going to talk a little bit going to the NFL about the whole Cam Newton situation at that camp yesterday. Uh, also going to talk about, uh, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo. He, there's a possibility he may want out of San Francisco. They may want to move on from him. Um, but no, I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it. We've got the NFL draft in a couple months. Uh, I did my mock draft last year. I was actually pretty accurate for the most part. So I'm looking forward to that and um, just all kinds of stuff coming up. The playoffs are going to be here before you know it in the NBA. Uh, Major League season, spring training starting right now. So there's a ton to talk about. So if y'all want to check it out, Carving Up Live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. You can follow me on Instagram at Carving Up Podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Carving It Up Pod. And I love interacting with my listeners, love interacting with the audience. And uh, it's, it's a fun hour, hour-long show we have on Monday, Thursday, and Friday. Uh, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific time. 
I have a really good hot take for you. And it's one that okay. I've been punting on our podcast for a while now. Jimmy G is going to go to New England and um, Deshaun Watson's going to end up in, at the 49ers. I've talked about Deshaun Watson, the possibility of him going to San Francisco. And I, I've, I've said on the show, yeah, I, I'm a big Tom Brady fan and Tampa Bay had an unbelievable season. If Deshaun Watson, you know, if Jimmy Garoppolo came within a throw of beating the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, can you imagine what Deshaun Watson will do there? I think they'd be the prohibitive favorite to, to win the NFC and maybe the Super Bowl. So um, I absolutely could see, I don't think that's much of a hot take at all. You know, Belichick oh, wanted cheers. Jimmy G over Tom Brady <laughs> uh, for crying out loud. So um, that, I could, you know, it may not happen, but I could see a scenario where that, where that came to fruition. It's something I've been punting around for a while, and I'm taking credit for it when it happens. Um, so, Bryson, let's uh, let's head up your your top five sports films of all time. Um, you've already pre warned me that there is no Will Ferrell, so I'm happy happy about that. Uh, but let's let's go for your number five. All right, number five. I looked at this list a little bit. Uh, I decided to settle with Coach Carter, starring Samuel L. Jackson, which is a great basketball movie. Um, just love the the, the 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 story around that. Um, the, around that whole situation, it's my it's my fifth movie on the list. Yeah, I think me and Ryan both have that on our list, don't we, Ryan? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, and so did our guest last week, uh, Niall. So um, from the Utah Jazz, um, she had that on her list as well. So um, awesome. What is your number four? Number four, I've got uh, Forty Two, starring the late great Chadwick Boseman. Rest in peace. Um, no, of course, telling the story about Jackie Robinson. Um, and, and all the things that he had to go through uh, as, as the first um, black player in Major League Baseball. Uh, it's a great story. Um, can be at times, if I'm being honest, you know, kind of a difficult movie to watch, but it's an unbelievable story. Um, Chadwick did an amazing job playing uh, playing Jackie, and so it, it was it was a real uh, it was it was real kind of a tearjerker in some ways. Yeah, um, I watched that. Um, that was that was a, a, a you're right. It's a tough watch, um, but it's it's something that I think all sports fans should watch whether you watch baseball or not. I think it's a really important movie. Chadwick does a great job. Um, and, and a bit of trivia for you. Um, his stunt double for that film um, is going to be on our um, across the pond major league podcast. Wow. Um, so we've got that coming up and um, before the baseball season starts. Um, what is your number three? Number three, I've got, we are Marshall starring Matthew McConaughey. Um, you know, the story of, of course, I believe it was the 1970, if I remember correctly, Marshall um, football team that was, of course, in, the, in that plane crash that killed everybody on board. Uh, and so, you know, McConaughey comes in. He's, um, you know, the, the, the new head coach. They build a team together. And uh, just how that whole how this whole story developed was just incredible. And, and you, you know, Marshall's been a, a very good football program for a very long time. So um, just telling that story, I think, was was incredible. I haven't seen that, actually. Um I didn't. I knew it was about football, but I didn't really know it was about that. So I think I might have to to go and watch that one. Um, what was your number two? Number two, uh, I've, you know, I've got all football moves for, from here on out. Uh, number two, I've got the Blind Side uh, about Michael Orr, who of course homeless, go you know gets adopted and then you know goes on to be a Super Bowl champion offensive lineman with the Baltimore Ravens in the NFL. Uh, you know, you want to talk about a rags to riches story? This this is literally rags to riches. And so uh, it's, it's an incredibly inspiring story uh, and it, it's absolute number two on my list. It was a phenomenal movie. 
Yeah, um, I was a big fan of uh, The Blind Side as well. Um, I don't think Michael Orr was, though. Um, I think he liked the book and he liked how the book played out, but um, uh, from the feedback I got, he wasn't a, a huge fan of the film and the way that he was kind of portrayed um, in some instances. But for me, it was a cracking film, and like you say, Rags of Riches. Um, you said it's all football films. I'm guessing that your number one film uh, is my number one film. So why don't you hit it with us? It's one of my five or six favorite films, period. Remember the Titans, uh, starring, of course, Denzel Washington. I mean, just incredible movie, incredible story, um, you know, about, of course, the, the first black coach to come into that school and, and, you know, do with the program what he did and what he had to go through, some of the racism. Uh, it, it just is an amazing story. Uh, you know, some of the players there, uh, I believe Ryan Gosling was in the movie as well. Uh, just, an, just an amazing movie, amazing lessons told in that story as well. Yeah, um, wasn't the film I thought you were going to pick. I thought you were going to pick Rudy, but um... Rudy. Yeah, <laughs> I, I've heard. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, my dad told oh, me it's great. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I've heard it's really good. Yeah, um, I've seen it more than once, um, probably more than a hundred times, to be fair. Um, but yeah, that's my big group. But remember, the Titans is definitely. Um, I actually got a, an email after I gave my top five sports films from about three or four different people saying, why didn't you put in Remember the Titans? Um, so it is definitely a, a, a huge film. Um, and Denzel Washington, um, you don't get much bigger and better than Denzel Washington. He plays these iconic roles so, so well. Um, well, Bryson, thank you so much for, for joining us. Um, is there any games that you're looking forward to in the upcoming week? Uh, I believe it actually involves the Jazz. I think Wednesday the Jazz play, play the Lakers. So, you know, that Anthony Davis, you know, Utah needs to take advantage of that. I think they're at home too. So uh, that could be telling in the long run uh, where, where the Jazz are going from this point. So I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that one for sure. Um, yeah, Jazz are at home um, f- for that one. Yes, they are. So uh, And they're wearing their dark mode um jerseys as well so i'm looking forward to that because i do like those jerseys ryan what about you any games coming up this week other than the lakers um i i'm actually really looking forward to watching the mavs v uh the sixers i think that's going to be a real good game i believe it's on thursday um so it'll be an interesting watch to see how porzingis and Dontich and stuff manage with Embiid and simmons so i think that's that's gonna be a good one to watch Okay, that one. Uh, we'll wrap up there for this week. Um, but th- Bryson, thank you so much for joining us. And, and Ryan, as always, you jazz hater. Um, it's always a pleasure <laughs> to have you on. Appreciate you having me on, man. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you so much to Bryson uh, for coming on and sharing his knowledge of the NBA. Clearly, yeah, the guy has a passion for it as well, um, which is great. Um, sports are fun. Um, like Bryson said so um, you can get us on social media at ATP Sports Pod on Twitter at ATP Sports Clubhouse and Across the Pond Sports Network on Instagram and on Facebook Um, and yeah Across the Pond Sports Podcast part of the Across the Pond Sports Network I'm going to be giving you a lot of great shows and a a lot of great podcasts coming up Um, in the very near future so check us out for that for the moment though enjoy the rest of your week sports social podcast network
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.